Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney of The Athletic. And uh, we're going to chat some Cubs here into week two of the season. And, uh, you know, I think by virtue of there being only, uh, what, uh, six games to, or, or excuse me, five games to discuss and you know, we're going to try not to do the thing where it's as if these five games are the entirety of a season and the things that are happening inform everything that's going to happen thereafter. But obviously the Pirates series did give us a different flavor of uh, of things to react to, maybe I would say, than the Brewer series. And so, of course, we'll touch on that. Um, I think I kind of want to quickly dispatch with the one, maybe the the biggest and obvious thing that is going to jump out to folks, especially given our discussion on the last pod about Kyle Hendricks and how his outing against the Brewers was sort of, I mean, it was better than any, in a lot of ways, it was better than any start he'd had last year, which was heartening because it's like, oh, cool. Maybe he had figured it out in the off season and whatever. And then this start against the Pirates was, I think, almost a perfect model of the things that went wrong for him last year. And so, I don't know. I don't have a ton more to say than that because we're talking about two data points. It just doesn't mean a lot, but I, I figure it, let's get that out of the way. So if you got reactions to that, thoughtful comments, go for it. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, we can't take too much away from it, but it is concerning considering last year. But, uh, you know, I think you can overreact to plenty of things uh, positively or negatively like we did last episode right is the the offense uh chased more and struggled more against significantly lesser competition uh so so you could complain about the offense as well uh because how do you how do you do what you did against uh brandon woodruff corbin burns and freddie peralta and then struggle against Quintana and who was it? Jake Thompson? Is it? Uh, I don't know. His it, last name's Thompson. I saw it on the back of his jersey frequently because he was <laughs> he was very rarely turning around to look at the it, field behind him. And was uh, it Jake or Zach? Am I, Zach, am I getting Zach. His, Zach? It is. It is Zach. Okay. <laughs> hey, can I ask something real so. quick? Since you mentioned the visual disparity between how the batters, other than say a Suzuki, were like reacting to pitches at home against the Brewers and on the road against the Pirates. Eh? Little home cooking situation there. That's all I'm going to say. No, I don't actually think that. But I but it is funny because that is the that is sort of the signal you would look for. You'd be like, "Boy, they they really were spitting on some great pitches against the Brewers at home." And boy, Jose Quintana was just befuddling him them with Maybe the his... Pirates just fixed Jose Quintana. Clearly. I mean, 
It was absolutely <laughs> that. His uh, throwing the exact same change up to the exact same spot off the plate again and again and again. That was the fix, it turns out. Joe Madden couldn't figure that out with the Angels. Uh, just tell him to, to throw a middle up uh, change up off the plate. And it just, it you know, it's it's hypnotic. It works brilliantly. <laughs> All right, what you got, Mooney? What's what's your keep keep uh keep the keep the rain coming? I think it's time to talk about Chris Bryant. I can't believe we've waited this long. I mean, Sahai is <laughs> on the ground in Denver. Uh, you know, the town that KB built. You know, I'm curious many, what the vibe is. Um, yeah, how many what billboards? Is it, Blake Street. Are, yeah. Are, yeah, how many billboards are up mm-hmm. around Coors Field of Chris Bryant? What's is the over under like four and a half? Uh, I have not seen any Rockies uh, paraphernalia anywhere. Uh, I, I got here last night and and hung out, and I did not uh, not one conversation about the Rockies. Uh, I think people are more excited about Russell Wilson. I was going to say you've probably seen a lot of Russell Wilson here. <laughs> top, I did hear some Broncos talk. Yes, top Yankees prospect Russell Wilson. <laughs> he, uh, it's getting a little old on the prospecting scale, but uh, yeah. So uh, Rocky series coming up and again, this isn't to throw away the pirate series necessarily or act as though none of the things pro or con matter. It's just, you know, it's, it's two games in Pittsburgh. You're going to split that so often that it's just sort of like, eh, you know, I think we saw the initial struggles and this, this carries back actually to the Brewer series of guys like Patrick wisdom and Frank Schwindel. And I think it, it, it's still not a thing yet, you know, because we're talking about what, like, I don't even know if it's 30 plate appearances for these guys. So it's, it's just not a thing yet, but it's, I think, teed up for this series. And if uh, Rocky's pitching and, and Coors Field can't cure a little bit of that for at least a guy like Schwindel, who's a line drive hitter, should be using a lot of that playable space out there. You'd like to see that turning a bit. Uh, but the the big caution, Rockies have started out pretty well and they they... I think like we did we talk about this last week that they had like the biggest disparity in baseball history between home performance last year and road performance. And uh, they're this goes back several years. They've been a very good team at home. And so I don't want Cubs fans to enter into this series and think, okay, cool, going to easy take three of four in Colorado. That would be a great outcome uh, for this series, particularly when the Cubs, they don't even know who they're starting on Saturday yet. Uh, we'll have to see might end up a bullpen game might be a quick call up for someone like Corey Abbott uh, but anyway as Mooney said the the big narrative storyline for this series obviously is going to be the Chris Bryant stuff and I'm curious from your guys's perspective how interesting or valuable is that to discuss relative to how the Rockies will actually perform the the, the, the actual stakes in the series versus how much of it is just Oh, he's a former Cub. We got to sort of touch on that. We got to, you know, that that's going to get all the attention because people care about that. Like, how impactful is he really going to be in this series? How impactful is he going to be on the field, you mean? Yeah, like mean, how much of if, if he was just the caliber of player that he is and the Cubs are going to play the Rockies, how much of the oxygen would he take up as compared to the fact that, like, we're still kind of doing this drawn out departure dance yeah no i think it's mostly the drawn out departure dance right we wouldn't be talking about him much because i mean you'd just be talking about him as well this is the big guy that the Rockies signed and and you have to watch out for him but there's no i mean we've already done this dance already right with the giants right 
and it, it, this we've we've heard this story. If anything, it's more about KB and him being settled and and him, you know, having a home now. Right? This is where he's going to be in all likelihood for a long time and probably what the end his career there. So, so it's that's that's more the story to me than uh, and and kind of looking at. I mean, we've, we've talked about this, but just kind of looking at the next Cubs uh, build and and kind of how it how it can happen and, and how perfect it was last time as far as things kind of working out in their favor. And Bryant gets criti- got criticized so heavily, but he really is a, a great outcome for a top five pick, right? It, it, it's it, – he got – he got so much heat for not being that perfect player after he was that perfect player for uh, the first three years of his big league career. Uh, and, and the fact that he couldn't live up to that for the remaining his remaining time in a Cubs uniform, largely due to, you know, trying to play through injuries and and the game changing in certain ways. Uh, and, and he certainly adjusted to the game uh, at certain points, but uh, I think that's more more interesting than than how he performs on the field going forward. Just because uh, can the Cubs replicate what they got from Bryant with th- this next class of stars? How what what's the missing? You know what what are, what are the keys to to actually embracing a, a homegrown star? Is it are expectations always too high for homegrown stars? Uh, when they come up and they succeed right away, is it almost unfair that that these guys, you know, you, you fans want them so badly, and then when they show up, it's just like, wait, why isn't he perfect? Why isn't it always going well? And I, you know, I kind of hit on it with with Alec Bohm and the Phillies uh, in a piece that we wrote to uh, that that published today, but. I think that kind of is is a perfect example of how things can go wrong as well. Yeah, like who in the Cubs system is going to have a better Cubs career than Chris Bryant? Like who's going to approach like, you know, 61% of what he accomplished for the Cubs? I mean, I think Bohm really resonated for us this week because I remember being at the winter meetings. I think it was in San Diego after the 2019 season and – you know, there's a rumor of the Phillies. There's all these KB rumors kind of percolating. And it was, oh, the Phillies would never trade Baum. He's like Chris Bryant light. You know, he was the number three pick in the draft. Uh, he was great at Wichita State. You know, he was just great in the minors. And looking it up yesterday, he was good in the minors, but not quite KB. He was not the number one prospect in the game. His OPS was, I think, approaching 900, where KB was like over uh, 1,000. And... You know, seeing Baum this week and Matt Gelb, our Phillies writer, does a terrific job. Um, I told him I just love reading about the dysfunction in Philadelphia <laughs> or Nick, Nick, our guy in Colorado, too. Like, I think the athletics should just have like a dysfunction vertical where we could just read about dysfunctional teams. <laughs> and the Cubs would certainly pop in there uh, once in a while, too. But I mean, Baum just saying I f-ing hate this place <laughs> on the field. Like, it's a good reminder. This guy's 25 years old and was as close to a sure thing as you're probably going to get. And he f***ing hates it there. And <laughs> so it's a good 
be a way to temper this coverage of the farm system, of how great everyone looks at the minor league camp and how dedicated they were in the offseason. We certainly present those stories as well because there are interesting thing ha- things happening. The Cubs do have legitimately talented prospects, but it's really, really hard, and there's going to be tons of ups and downs, and you're going to be dis- disappointed more often than not. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, I, I liked the way you guys uh, talked about the Alec Bohm stuff in relation to Chris Bryant in in a prospect post, essentially. It was a, it was a great updating piece on some of the big stories in the minor leagues. And... At first, those things might seem disconnected or disparate or um, that that that's a loose thread to connect. But really, it, it is it's all one story, uh, particularly as the Cubs are going to face Chris Bryant, uh, that his outcome, while disappointing in a number of respects after the first three years, as Sahadev said, um, overall, his outcome, even for a tip top prospect, is a you know, it's a 70th or 80th percentile outcome. I mean, that is what you are desperately hoping will happen. And that includes a little bit of that disappointment. I think, you know, there's a whole side story there on Cubs developmental efforts at the big league level with not just Bryant, but a number of their players and questions about whether those were just idiosyncratic with these guys or whether it was the constant churn of hitting coaches or whether it was a disconnect with Joe Madden, whatever. I mean, there's we have and can and will have lots and lots of discussions about that in the years ahead since there seems to have been a, a philosophical change in that respect. But I think that setting that part aside, we do have to continue to check ourselves as Cubs fans about how promising the farm system looks right now. And it does. That part is not, that isn't empty hype. That's, um, I think you can get that message anywhere around baseball that as far as super 
a super young group of high upside prospects can go in a farm system. The Cubs have done well. This is what you want it to look like. But actually manifesting that into something that contributes at the big league level, whether through those prospects developing on their own or through trades at the right time, it's it's just an, an entirely different story. So enjoy tracking the prospects now. We will love watching and following them. But the, that path from low A to the big leagues is, uh, you know, it's laden with lots of traps. And even if you uh, navigate them well, like Bohm did, for example, you might come to the big leagues and then suddenly your crowd there is uh, booing you, thankfully not throwing batteries at you, but booing <laughs> and you're going to have to adjust again and the story might not end up the way that you were hoping. And I think, you know, we can maybe leave the prospecting discussion there for now uh, because most of it remains. Actually, you know what? No, I, I do want to talk about a bit of this because it, it, it does it carries forward to the big league level and it comes with some apologies to you guys because I've got it tabbed. But you wrote something about the pitching in the system and, and arriving at the big league level and the adjustments the Cubs have made to develop pitching i am sure it is an amazing piece that's why i tab it i got a tab to my computer because i wanted to i didn't want to start reading it and not be able to really dig in so but i think the way that this thread kind of connects for me at least is i feel like we are starting to see some of the the fruits of this process play out um particularly among young relief pitchers for the cubs and to be sure we have said for years that the Cubs have been able to to um, create a successful bullpen out of whatever, and that's still true. But I think I think it's a little different now. I think maybe what we're seeing instead is the actual development of a boatload of impact potential relief prospects that you could have on the forty man and and sort of move in and out as you need. And I think the very best bullpens have that going on and for all the Cubs success it's mostly been built on bringing in in you just hitting on veterans like just doing a really good job on that and so I am digging what I'm seeing from you know it's not just like Ethan Roberts but I mean he's a pretty great story in terms of the Cubs ability to develop someone like that from the draft uh so yeah jump on that train if you want because I think it that too stands as an interesting contrast to the patience we're going to have to have on the positional side. I think we're butting up against it now on the pitching side. And I dig that. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's fair. I think the Cubs believe that they kind of had like proof of concept when Alzali and Steele kind of clicked in uh, South Bend uh, at the alternate site in 2020 uh, when they had, you know, multiple success stories, what they felt were success stories because they were working on specific things, uh, particularly Justin Steele's slider. I think uh, the same with Al Alzali's slider. Uh, they felt they're like, hey, we got something working here. 2021 wasn't perfect in the sense that there were a lot of injuries, but they 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 believe that they they've found something. They've their their velocity training works, and they they have a step by step process that uh, that they're executing. And I think Ethan Roberts is a perfect example of that, right? Uh, of a guy that 
worked on velocity uh then then took that to the mound and and built off that uh worked on pitch shape worked on command uh and now he's a guy that david ross trusts to throw into a 2-1 game right in the seventh inning uh that i mean that says something about him about what he can do on the mound, about his poise, all those different things. Because uh, Ross isn't the type that's just like, well, this guy has great stuff. I'm going to throw him out there, right? He he has to believe that the guy can handle the moment as well. And, and clearly, if he's doing that with a rookie, he's, he's got uh, high hopes and high expectations for him. So I think Roberts is a great, great player to point to and say, well, that, is this the beginning of something? Uh, I think it began, like I said, with Steele and Alzali, but I think there is, I, I think they do believe that more is coming and more is coming quickly. I think Kane Eckert is someone that we'll see this year uh, in the big leagues and relief is primarily where, where it's at, but you know, eventually you need to see the starters, right? Justin Steele has looked good. Uh, it, when is Caleb Killian coming up and, and how good will he be in the big league rotation? Uh, I think we'll eventually see him this year and, and, the hope and expectation is that more guys are coming. You know, what kind of year does Cole Franklin have? Uh, what other starters are they going to be able to develop and really show off and, and say that this is working and look at what we've become as far as uh, a pitching development organization. Yeah. Our friend and colleague, John Greenberg always loves referencing. I think it was Cubs convention, like 2015 Theo called it the year of Cubs pitching and named a bunch of guys who never came close to making it. And that's like John's default setting. Whenever we write about some of this stuff and it's a fair criticism. I mean, that's kind of the long con of certain like rebuilding teams of like, like check out this guy at class A. Like he's really, really good. Like he's coming, or you know, that didn't work, but these guys are coming. And now to side of his point, this idea of a proof of concept, like you're you are seeing it, and it's not as good as it should be or could be. They're not, you know, at the finish line here, but you know, it it looks different. I mean, you know, seeing a guy like Ethan Roberts, um, Justin Steele making an opening day rotation. I think, I mean, worst case we saw, I mean, Justin Steele is a like nasty left-handed reliever who should have a long career in the big leagues, right? I mean, I think that's not really stepping too far uh, outside on that one. And, you know, I think it's important to remember how interconnected all these things are. And we've talked about this before of some of the changes the Cubs have made. I mean, it goes back to like, the middle of the Theo era in terms of like the pitchers they were targeting and how they changed certain guidelines. And uh, now you're starting to see some of those guys pop and it's taken a really long time. You have Breslow's group working on things as well. And that I think he came in or was kind of empowered towards the end of the 2019 season and so, like, all these factors are, are working together into where there's at least – there's some credibility or you don't have to automatically roll your eyes as we're talking about some of these things. There are, like, legitimate things you can point to to where maybe things are going to change as long as they stay healthy. And that's another part, too, that they need to deliver on with the caveat that, you know, pitchers always get injured and that's, like, 
one of the most difficult aspects uh, of player development. Sure. And that's, of course, where the volume aspect comes in, too. Um, I think the, the the last thing that I would want to offer as a thought on this uh, point is that, you know, unlike when the wave of positional prospects came through the, the, the former core, basically all of them were the tip toppiest of tip top prospects. I mean, to a man, they became like top 25 prospects, which is great. I mean, that means you've got and developed some very talented prospects that outsiders can see as future contributors in the big leagues. The pitchers we're talking about now are who are coming through and contributing. You know, we're we're talking about the Alzali. We're talking about the Steels, the Keegan Thompsons, the Ethan Roberts um, and more. None of them were tip top prospects. Uh, I think among that group, for example, the only one who ever even got a whiff of like top 100 consideration was Alzali back in 2018, 20, you know, pre a lot of his injuries. And I mentioned that because the best organizations, they get significant contributions from guys who just never were considered tip top prospects because it was sort of a, well, we're just good at, at getting the most out of guys and maximizing development and even if someone doesn't come into the org with that prospect cachet or the track record of being a top pick or whatever, I think that that is a is an element of what we're seeing on the pitching side that is additionally heartening. Um, and I think that it, it 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 does. It gives you a little bit more of a feeling of like they may have figured something out and you don't want to go too far with it, both because of the injury concerns and because you got to get the starters to come through you know it's it's it is a little easier almost by definition to develop impactful bullpen arms than starters and so i think uh we'll be keeping an eye on that uh but this year into next year could really be a significant turning point on the pitching side where it's just you know the waves do start to crash so anyway cubs go to colorado for four this weekend um We'll see what happens with that Saturday start. Possible it'll be a young arm. I think it'll be interesting to see Keegan Thompson's appeal on his suspension if the Cubs and Thompson maybe try to game that a bit because it, just saying it would be convenient since he's a multi-inning guy to get multiple innings out of him and then, ah, you know what, I'm going to drop the appeal and I'll sit down for three days because uh, then nothing is lost. Just saying. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Cubs. I know you're listening to this podcast. Um, and hopefully the Cubs can take three of four, but like I said, Rockies are pretty good in Colorado and, uh, they got this, you know, monster masher out in left field now, and I'm sure he will want to put the screws to the Cubs. Uh, any parting thoughts from you gentlemen? See, I, last time I did say, you know, I did like the, the final whip around. Now I've got my screen on. I'm watching Mooney. If you're going to give me the kill sign, but if you got any parting thoughts now is your, your chance. I do. <laughs> Oh, I think he's he's, he's jumping all to, over. I'm going to give props to KB. I think he will have something like cool planned for this. He was the one who what left Schwarber like Twix bars and candy yeah. in left field, and that Chris does have a uh, good like sneaky sense of humor and a uh, low level of kind of caring about what people think in that regard of just, I think he's going to, he'll probably playful. do something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's playful. Play, playful is the word that I, he's got to have something up his sleeve. 
whether or not it's a Twix bar. That's you'll there'll be some viral moment that. As long uh, as it's we'll not win. a four homer game, I'd be fine with whatever it is. Well, he doesn't have a homer yet, so I'm I'm banking on he, he's getting his first one this this weekend. Yeah, I believe he <laughs> has uh that his like slash line is very strong. Yeah, not a lot of production yet. Um, no no I'm comment sure on that for yeah. for some Cubs fans <laughs> who are probably hearing that and have some thoughts on that. I wasn't making that point. I'm just saying that's what the numbers are right now. Uh, so thank you guys for listening again. This is the Cubs podcast here at the athletic on to Waveland. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. I am Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That is Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Get theirs at the athletic. We will observe this series and be back at you early next week with our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.